The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The disciples of John approached Jesus and said, Why do we and the Pharisees fast much, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one patches an old cloak with a piece of unshrunken cloth, for its fullness pulls away from the cloak, and it, the, the tear gets worse. People do not put new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the skin bursts, the wine spills out, and the skins are ruined. Rather, they pour new wine into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, and happy Independence Day weekend. Well, as I read the gospel, I guess the question that uh, seemed to jump out at me is, is the bridegroom here or not? Should we be fasting or do we not fast because the bridegroom is here? Uh, and in fact, when we, we kind of get a small part of the answer when we look at the first reading with the book of Amos, um, he says that it, there's a day that's coming, but really it's a long process of repairing uh, the breaches and raising up the ruins and to rebuild it as in the days of old. Um, and then we transition into, it's pretty glorious wine and it's there's abundance and growth but it takes a long time uh, some people bec could become weary and say well maybe the bridegroom isn't really here maybe that's coming and just one week ago i stood up here and shared with you a quote from saint Teresa of avila and she said i hear people talk about they wish they would have been here when Jesus was walking on the earth, when the bridegroom was here. And she says, I laugh at them because the reality is Jesus is every bit present in the Eucharist. And she said, I, I can't believe that people think there's anything more they could get. Well, the best answer I got to the fasting as I looked through this was that Jesus is here, but we're not always allowing ourselves to be with him. It's on us. He's here, but we resist being with him. And in the Old Testament, uh, we can look at some uh, examples of how this happened and those words really give us some wisdom and so um, when the Israelites crossed over into the promised land which we're crossing over into the promised land right now the kingdom that's being built here for us the first fruits that we're experiencing yes we're, we're into the promised land but if we look at those first days when the Israelites went into the promised land, 
the very first thing that happened was they circumcised all the men. That's a pretty radical thing to have happen. Uh, the next thing that happened is they had to go and uh, fight for the country, fight for their land, and they came up against the walls of Jericho. And God showed them a glorious way that he was going to be with them. And it was, although a strange way to win the battle, uh, they, they won easily. Well, we get to the third point that really happened as they crossed over into the promised land. And uh, they had to uh, attack a, a, a group, a village, a city called Ai. And they thought it would be relatively easy, and they sent only a few thousand men. Well, they were defeated soundly. And Joshua, who was having conversations with the Lord, he says, oh my goodness sakes, what's happened? We, you've led us here, and now, you know, we're, we can't win. And the Lord said to him, well, there are certain things in this country that are not healthy for you. And some of the people have decided to be selfish. And they've taken things for their own personal private use. We could look at these as, in our day, the sins. The sins that we have. The sins that we covet. And he said, as long as you covet these things that are banned, I will not be with you. It's really what we exist and find today. When we choose to covet something for our own private use, then we're not in the same environment, the same world with Jesus. For those of you who uh, were in the book study uh, that was recently, it was... Um, a book by Wilfred Stinnison, Into Your Hands, Father, Abandoning Ourselves to the God Who Loves Us. Um, he describes a divine environment. And I thought this uh, little paragraph really kind of summed it up. It's really a idea of how we should be living. He said, the one who willingly lets himself be led by God walks on a very straight path. He saves an infinite amount of time and trouble. Most of us invest a great deal of energy resisting God. Frustration comes when we do not get what we think we need, when we expect what we expect does not happen. Those who trust that God is guiding everything can never be frustrated. If they do not get a certain thing, they know they do not need it. If something they have waited for does not happen, they conclude that it is not meant for them. They are not disappointed because everything is just as it should be, not in itself far from it, but as the environment they are to live in, a divine environment. That in divine environment is what we're trying to achieve, where we get complete peace, because that's where Jesus is. He's here, as real as can be, just like St. Teresa of Avila said. But it's us, it's us that are resisting that. I thought one final um, thought 
because it's the Independence Day weekend. Um, in America the Beautiful, the, uh, the passages that come where we keep talking and asking God for help for our country, um, one line stood out, and I think it's uh, both good advice for our country, but in line with what our readings are today, I think it's also a message for us individually as well. So the, it's America, America, God mend thine every flaw, confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty in law. That's a really great message for us as well as we try to achieve this divine environment where we're in the world, but we have complete and total peace because we know that Christ is in the process of what exactly Amos prophesied, the rebuilding of really a glorious environment that we seek. Let us stand and offer our